Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. I'm your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this morning, as is often the case, my good buddy and co-host, Lee Cantor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Stone. Uh, Learning Insights, always a fun show for us to produce. I love doing this show. It's brought to us, of course, by our friends at Training Pros. And one of the perks is, in addition to getting to visit with bright, passionate practitioners in the learning space, we get a chance to check in with some of the folks from Training Pros. Today's no exception. Mr. Dave Edelman is joining us. How you been, man? Very good. Good morning. Good morning, Stone, Lee, Marilyn. Hello. Uh, How's your, uh, you've been traveling a bit? Heard you had a horror story. <laughs> at a one Sunday, I should have left at uh, taken off at eight o'clock from Philadelphia to Atlanta. I got home the next day at five p.m. Twenty one hours, and you could have driven how many times? <laughs> <laughs> at least once, back and forth, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, who'd you bring with you today? Uh, Marilyn Bloom from Birch, and um, we're going to talk about um, an acquisition and how to create a talent management or tra- talent development strategy after an acquisition. All right. I'm excited. Well, Marilyn, um, Birch, I've heard a lot about Birch. Can you share a little bit about what you guys are up to? I can. Birch is a 20-year-old company that started in communications. About a year and a half ago, there was an acquisition of another organization you may have heard of, Uh Beyond, who had been a very entrepreneurial in the cloud and technology environment. Sure. When Birch acquired see beyond we had a great opportunity to learn some lessons about (laughs) what do you do (laughs) i think everyone has that opportunity in an acquisition and so that's what i'm here to talk about today and i'm i'm glad for the opportunity you're going to talk about the good the bad the ugly or just the good or where you're going to (laughs) focus i'll be pretty pc you know we are aware of the bad and you have to acknowledge that because those are the lessons you can learn from to try to be the best that you can be of course so you're Director of Talent Development, and the, did you have a different title before all of the, the recent chaos and coming together? And Did you have different role and function? Yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I started with a corporate university, and I've been in training and development all of my adult life in a wide variety of organizations, academic and corporate. And I had worked with a prior corporate university in developing le- leadership and management training. and Post-acquisition, that wasn't a priority. You have to integrate the cultures and stabilize the business and figure out the business model for the future. So I went in a different direction and worked on an implementation of an integrated system for human capital, payroll, expenses, recruiting. We spent about a year and a half, well, the past 18 months implementing Workday. Wow. And I think the thing that's good about that is that you have one system. So for the next acquisition, <laughs> you'll be ready, right? You're ready for that. <laughs> Readier anyway. Readier, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen in other experiences, acquisitions where you struggle with all the different systems mm-hmm. that the different companies have, and it makes it very disparate right. to have to deal with the other business models because you want to get alignment and get culture all that stuff you want to get kind of simpatico as quickly as possible yes. right i think the more common terminology and vision you can create the better you're going to be 
So I uh, am that, wait, wait. That sounds like a pro tip. Is that a pro <laughs> tip? You were, in your book, you're going to put that in there? I would say yes. <laughs> so I'm operating under the impression that everyone just fully embraced this set of changes and it was all unicorns and rainbows or you, were there a couple wrinkles? Because humans love change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> we're easy, easy breezy. We just go, it sounds good and just go along. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. probably one of the greatest things for us. I think next to public speaking, <laughs> right. our greatest fear is change. Right. And it does bring up a lot of issues, I think, for people. And what's common, and we've probably all experienced, is a little bit of us and them. Who was here? Who was uh -huh. there? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's just nature. That's our, we hold on to what we're proud of. Right. And I think that's the opportunity in an acquisition, is finding what are the pride points, as well as some of the pain points, and trying to leverage those pride points rather than um, creating more divisive. Right. So to focus on kind of common ground, what are the best practices that we all agree on and then try to move forward with those? And through discovery, hopefully you get there. Right. I like that. Pride points. That's a, well, you got your alliteration, but there's also <laughs> some substantive uh, value there. So talk to me a little bit, if, if you will, about the, the role or the influence of the talent development function on culture. Because I would think it would be pretty, pretty large. This is a new position, and a year and a half ago, the organization wasn't ready to embrace talent development, mm -hmm. and thanks to the vision and the commitment of our chief administration officer, who has a background in talent and training, the position was created, and it aligns with my background, and really what I want to be doing for the employees is finding ways to support them, because we need to retain as much of the talent Absolutely. and the brain trust right. that you have. You already have them. You've got them. Well, yeah. don't sometimes some of your high marketables walk out the door in the throes of acquisition they activity? Quite a bit of that. Okay. The shame in that is that the brain trust for the technology and for the business goes with it. If you've got really good knowledge bases right. and you have ways of harvesting that and keeping it, then you're very fortunate. But I don't think that's how most businesses operate. And this was, um, for you to be in this role, this was the first time in your career? Actually, I've been involved with a lot of talent in the past and all aspects of training from development to delivery, facilitation, and coaching. But this is the first time in this exact title and at the time where we can really create something, leveraging what we have mm -hmm. from the pieces of both organizations to create the next steps of where will the organization go now and for future acquisitions. So you're, this is the first time you've kind of been able to create kind of your vision? Yes, I think oftentimes you inherit someone else's right. and vision and you and have to just maintain it, right? and manage it. But So that's exciting, creation, right? It's very exciting. So did you have really a blank page? I think a blank page with some structural components. Mm-hmm. Because there's history right. from both organizations, and you certainly want to take that You didn't that want to blow up that. the whole thing. I mean, they were successful for a reason previously. And interested in acquiring another company that was successful right. for reasons as well. So you really want to leverage... The best of both. That and any common terminology, but also to take the enthusiasm of the new people and the interest and those mm -hmm. leaders who have passion about developing talent and let them have a say in what will this new... The new world, the order, new world here, right? order look like. Now, you mentioned language. I think that's an interesting component because something that seems so simple and mundane, 
It could be like you call something a file and they call it a paper or something like <laughs> you have to get that aligned, right? Because you, you could have a whole conversation and then you each think you're talking about something different. Right. And the business vision as well as styles in dealing with employees right. and internal promotions or not, external hires or not. Birch has been a very organic growth and believes in engaging employees and giving them opportunities to promote. With that, you want to make sure that you support them with the resources to be successful. Right. So knowledge harvest is something you mentioned a few moments ago, and I have to believe that you could probably conduct some comprehensive knowledge harvest here at Business Radio X and over lunch. But what I would like to get some insight on is how do you go about implementing a, a knowledge harvesting discipline because there is so much rich information there in the organization. Do you have some sort of structured methodology or system for capturing that stuff? That's a really good question. I thought it was a fantastic question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we react to the environments and we don't always plan not every organization, unless you're maybe an enterprise organization with people dedicated to your knowledge base and resources, plan and have a place and a mechanism for keeping everything. So many items get stored individually. In their head. In right? their head, <laughs> on their hard drives right. that get wiped when, when they, they go. <laughs> we have... A couple of systems that have been used, one for technology, as servers and domains were changed and all of that, we managed to capture all of that information. So we've kept it, and we find ourselves weekly going back and looking for somebody did something, something. similar. <laughs> what can we do to leverage that rather than having to just... Start, start from scratch right, and create it, it the wheel again. Tremendous right. resources to develop any content, any new program to deliver. Right. Well, and I would think that there's something to this. Uh, I don't know the the emotional or the the people management side of this, so that I, as a contributor in the organization, feel a responsibility and feel some some pride in being someone who contributes to our knowledge base because you want them to to actively put things in this, right? Absolutely. That comes to the point of how do you manage the change and manage that as a process and communicate it as well so people know where to go, whether it's in a smaller organization, SharePoint, or in some larger organization, some other system. Having a place and building the culture of the practice, best practice to not just storing your hard drive, start, store in a local place and sharing. That hits another cultural aspect of a culture of sharing rather than... Kind of a siloed... Si right? Absolutely. And I was talking to one of the training managers this morning, and she was acknowledging how the culture had been one of sharing. And she felt as when she came in, people were very gracious about sharing their and years of experience. And collaborative, and everybody's trying to help. Oh, that's great. Right? I think collaboration is the other key word, that it can't be just within your business unit, but across the business right. unit. So it, it really becomes more a way and a style than an afterthought. Right. And it becomes a true culture. Like that's just the way we do things mm -hmm. here is we're collaborative and we're helping each other and we're watching each other's back. Yeah. And I think 
initially in an acquisition, you have a bit more of that us and them. And right, it's trust is an, a big part of this, right? You have part. to kind of get everybody on the same page that we're mm -hmm. all in this together now. And I know it was turbulent, but now, you know, we got to kind of work together. We've got to move forward. Right. Absolutely. So how do you, how do you kind of help in that to create the trusting environment? That's a good question. I think my experience in coaching and my demeanor with people is being as real as I can and sharing as much information as I have that I can. And stop yelling, right? Or at least that's what someone told me one time. <laughs> that helps, right? <laughs> or stop before you yell. Stop before you yell. Okay. <laughs> yes, I don't raise my voice. <laughs> Very much. But I think um, those moments of pause comes to another issue. When I was relocated here to Atlanta about eight years ago, post an acquisition with another right. organization, a very wise woman said, there's a culture here that is very, very proud. Take the time to understand what they've done, their accomplishments. Right. And you don't just come in and say, I know what's best, all, right. And I know what's best. Right. Really you got to kind of walk in their mm -hmm. shoes a little bit. So asking those types of questions that engage people mm -hmm. in what they are most, I use the word pride again, uh, or we're proud in, because it puts us at a more intelligent place to go forward with business. Engaging the employees and getting their input, again, with the collaboration, is just key. Right. And I would imagine that it's just to be heard is mm -hmm. an important component to this, even if you don't act on any mm -hmm. of their ideas or any yeah, of their absolutely. input. But just the fact that you're willing to listen mm -hmm. to what they like, disliked, mm -hmm. and, you know, proud of, things like that, that that would help create the trust. And how can you then use that going forward right. to either sustain what worked well or evolve it into something that may work Better. a little bit differently? Right. So Birch is not just confined to the United States, right? You guys have arms that stretch all the way across the pond? Well, actually, we have a recent acquisition that is taking us into Canada. Uh huh. So that's got to bring on some new changes, yes? It is. <laughs> and we're just in the midst of that. And so we will be incorporating another language, currencies into mm. the business as well. So those will certainly be future considerations. So, what's your favorite part about the, the new order so far? One of the projects I've been involved with is working with Mercer University and creating an internship program with some of their very diverse and talented students and bringing them into Birch for an internship period, working in different business units, marketing and finance, and getting their input of what they're learning now, how we're operating business. So working with the younger folks and getting their perspective on business and helping them develop a little bit more business acumen across an organization. Mm -hmm. Now, is that because I would think that that is good for the university and good for your company. Absolutely. Is, do you have input in like kind of curriculum as well where you can say, you know what, we need people that they have these skills and you can work really collaboratively with the university system to kind of you give them an opportunity to have work during and after their their uh, university time and then you get kind of them pre-trained. I don't want to say pre-trained, but at least get them giving, having experience that's more relevant. Well, they have a great curriculum in technology, network IT and mm -hmm. development, as well as finance and business. 
So their students are coming. They're very high achievers. They're very committed. And we're not influencing their curriculum at this point, but we are able to select the right fit for our organization. And it gives us an opportunity to work with the students. And if there are employment opportunities in the future, all the better for both. Right. That's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So as much change as you've lived through and help plan and execute, you may very well have formal training in that arena as well, but you certainly have lived through the school of, of hard knocks. Is there some wisdom in your opinion in providing formal training and development for internal practitioners and managers inside a company the size and complexity of Birch? And, and if so, is that something you're already doing or you've got uh, planned for down the road? Like actual formal training and change management or, or for that matter, diversity too, which we ought to talk about. But yeah. I think you touched on change management is key. And not every organization has the luxury to have a group dedicated to change management. Oftentimes, it falls to marketing to communicate the message, and they become change agents in communicating what has been done, rather than engaging people necessarily in what will take place and how you create that message and communicate the vision and what will be the state of the organization going forward. We're in that boat. We don't have anyone dedicated necessarily to change management. So we're taking all of the processes, the businesses, the products, the resources at this point in a talent and training component, beginning to work with those business units to craft what will be the next training opportunities. Change management and collaboration within the organization really is key for the success. If you don't have it, then you're imposing whatever vision someone had, but you won't get the buy-in from the organization. And I think you'll create more divisiveness. And so on this topic of diversity, mm-hmm. multinationals, which that obviously adds a layer of diversity, but even within our borders, the, the workforce, I'm sure, is becoming more and more diverse in your camp, just like it is in a lot of our organizations, yeah? Yes, it is. <laughs> and I would say to that, that awareness Adaptability and sensitivity are probably the key characteristics that help you work in that environment. I got to remember that last one, sensitivity. Um, yeah, it's hard, <laughs> but and I don't mean to be soft and sensitive, but no. it's really just to be aware and maybe that listen before you speak. Take that moment of pause to find out what are the working elements before you just come in with a change. On executing the training and development technology has it had a big impact are you looking at formal learning what do you call them learning management systems and are you and is, are more technology enabled training as opposed to maybe you know back in the old at least i'm old enough that a lot of my early training was you know someone stood up in front of a class and we all sat there for a day or two i think over the last 10 to 15 years in training we've seen Maybe 15 years ago, it was all face-to-face delivered, stand-up, the majority. In 10 to 15 years ago, the migration towards individual computer-based online training emerged. And we've come out the other end at the point of having to blend. It can't be one or the other. That doesn't fit everybody's particular preference style or ability to 
comprehend information and topics are different. Technology is very complex and you may need some mentoring and some follow-up. We've been fortunate to leverage a learning management system that we had in place bundled with some great content from Skillsoft around business topics. And that's one of the components that we are going to relaunch within the organization. And that's something that's available to all employees. By making content available, it's one of the enhancement engagement points. If someone has the ability to control their own learning, their destiny, their direction. Like on demand when they need it, right in real time. Yeah. So those are the online topics. And there's about 400 of those. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But I like this idea of having some control over my own development. That's We all do. It's whether we choose to take it or not. Now, how do you (laughs) encourage the people to take it? I mean, you give them kind of this big library that they can follow their own path and then go as fast or slow as they want. But how do you encourage them to actually... Go yes, and you, take the action. I think there's two parts to that. It takes, again, awareness of it. The resource may be there, but if people don't know it and you aren't communicating that it's available, they won't take or advantage of it. Or that it's valuable and you have to create a compelling enough reason for them to do it. Correct. And in a culture where people may be used to being told what they need to take and consume, it's a real culture shift to get to the point of enabling pe- people to choose and select rather than waiting to be told right. what they have to take. Well, it's, autonomy is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's available <laughs> doesn't mean people will do it. And then if that's they're right. not doing it, then we're going to do about right. it. So value statements, and that's something that um, I hope to do a better job in communicating to the employees of what is available as far as that content. And also developing some learning plans that include leadership development for new managers. We promote quite a few people from within. Just because they did their job well doesn't make them a good manager of that department or area. And it's our responsibility to equip them with the tools to be successful in what they're doing. So building leadership training that gets to a tactical level. What are the management techniques that you need as well as then giving them some time to season and simmer with that so they can grow into leaders because a leader doesn't just take the pill and get it the next day (laughs) or take the class and they've got it. It takes practice. You have to apply those skills. Now, what do you, um, at the end of the day or at the end of the the week, how do you know that you're high-fiving people? I'm fortunate mm-hmm. enough to have one person who comes and greets me with a hug every morning. That's, <laughs> that's, that's and that's important. very sweet. We should all have one of those in our lives, right? <laughs> yes, and not just at home. This is actually at work. <laughs> but when you get off the elevator and you see people who are acknowledging you and going, wow, hi, or uh, people are sharing what their successes are, what mm-hmm. they've done. Um, I just finished a course or I signed up for a course. Uh, that's very gratifying. Right. It's, so when you get making, that feedback that, you know, what you just did had an impact and I learned something, I appreciate it. And you get that. So you have a culture that that feedback comes back to you. It's beginning. That's great. It's beginning. Well, you make your role sound like so much fun. It's obviously mm-hmm. very rewarding. It's, it's, and some of our listeners can't actually see what I'm seeing, but they can probably hear it in your, your voice. You really enjoy what you're doing. I do. So on this curricula, how do you decide what curricula to build or provide access 
to? Where does where do those decisions come from? There are a couple of indicators. I've had some of the senior leaders reach out to me and say, "We need blank," and you say, "I want it." <laughs> More leadership training. Okay. Or do you first do you say why? And then it's I'm like I read an article on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was it wasn't that far off, it was, and it it was really great. It's like I love the idea. Let's talk about it. Mm. What are your thoughts? What do you have? Well, I just read John Maxwell's book mm. on leadership 101 and how do you become a real leader. I love it. It's a simple book. It's <laughs> right. a simple concept, and leveraging what we know. What I've experienced about building leadership programs and taking individuals into managers and to, to leaders, identifying what are the key competencies really that we want to um, include. And in today's climate, it comes down to how do we communicate vision, leading with emotional intelligence, establishing goals, roles, guidelines, and achieving your individual leadership potential, which are all current and relevant and could benefit any and all of us. Right. So that's a great place to start. Sure. And if it is a half an hour, hour read for a $10 book, boy, what Seems a cost like a good investment, investment, right? But that is the catalyst for developing this curriculum. And we have online content to support that. Mm-hmm. And we'll follow it up with structured coaching and feedback sessions and forums to discuss. And use the leaders then as the facilitator for those discussions. So it's coming from within their own desire to enhance their teams. And then they get to tag the people they see as the next leaders. And it will ultimately grow into a succession planning, talent development. Right. And it's very organic. It is. Speaking of books, I have to ask, is there a book in you? Do you have some designs at some point to, Actually, to author one? Interesting you should say that. I was, mm. I have a, a, a new friend who's uh, well-authored on emotional intelligence, and I've just built my folders for uh, the chapters, and it will probably be falling with grace. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so I do. That is fantastic. Well, when you do or you get close to releasing, you'll have to come by and visit with us and tell us all about the book. We would love to have you come on and talk. I look forward to that. (laughs) Well, it has been an absolute delight visiting with you this morning. We got to have you back sometime. Dave, you guys... How do you how do you find these people? Where do you meet these people? They're our clients. They're folks that we work with every day. It's Man, a pleasure. That's you do. Why we love this job. You swim on the fun end of the pool, don't you? Yes, I do. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And and in all sincerity, come back anytime to talk about any of this. And let's definitely get you booked in to to talk about the release of your book. That, that'll be fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, get us caught up on uh, what else is going on in your world. I know that uh, you're very involved with ATD. There's always something going on there. Maybe that's how you get to hang out and, and, and <laughs> visit and, and meet people like like Marilyn. Any cool stuff coming up? Any trade shows, well, conferences? That kind sure. Of we, well, we have our chapter meeting come up this Thursday, and then um, ACE, is our big conference, a yearly conference for the Atlanta chapter, is uh, July 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to atlantaatd.org and uh, check that out. It's going to be really awesome. Um, so, yeah, a lot of really exciting things. We have a lot of webinars this year. We're really focusing. Um, we have our chapter meetings, but we're also focusing a lot more on delivering webinars and things to make it easier for people to get that content without having to travel you know, through the Atlanta traffic. 
So who delivers the webinars? Is it people on Training Pro staff, or do you sometimes collaborate with the Maryland Blooms of the World and con them into helping you? Or have, <laughs> well, the train now the Training Pros webinars is, is different. Actually, we have a webinar. Oh, you're talking about at ATD, the webinars. Yeah, oh, ATD, okay. Um, Atlanta ATD, we put out some webinars, but we do now that you mentioned Training it, Pros too, right? We'll see, I'll see that all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. We partner with Harrisburg University to, to deliver some fantastic webinars. Uh, today, actually, at 3, we have one. Coming up, Teresa Davenport, one of our fantastic consultants, is going to talk about yeah. um, you know, learning and how to make learning easy and uh, transferable. It's going to be a fantastic uh, webinar. You know, All of our webinars are archived on our website, so you can go to our website and look up the our, uh, webinars that we've already delivered. And um, if anybody wants to find out more, they can contact me. <laughs> yeah, and we probably have a conversation or, or two like this archived on your website as well, don't we? At oh, yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> We've had a few of these, haven't we? But I don't think any of them are any better than what we did today. This was a this was a blast. Yeah. What a great way to invest a, a Wednesday morning. That's right. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our producer, Alex Shiflett, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Learning Insights. Thank <laughs> you.